Welcome to the Relationship as Medicine podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Lee. Outdoor adventure enthusiast, dog mom to Luna, world traveler, longtime meditator, espresso lover, and a trained somatic psychotherapist, trauma specialist, and certified coach. Talking about trauma doesn't have to be so daunting. From a connected place, we can navigate anything together. Looking forward to exploring with you today. Here we go. Awesome. Okay, so we're just going to jump right in. I am so excited to be with you, Julia. And right off the bat, I just want to say thank you. This has been a whirlwind week and a whirlwind morning. And I feel like usually I start my podcasts with my guests with these like mindful, grounding, orienting experiences. And I've known you for quite a while now. And we have so many layers of relationship. And I'm just kind of like, just jump right in here with me. Let's just do this. And so I apologize for the amount of caffeine I've had this morning and whatever impacts it has on you. Oh, I love it. I love it. And your cute mug. So all is well. Um, I'm going to introduce you all to Julia here in a moment, and you can't see my cute mug, but I was so excited to show her that, you know, since I'm 40, I've started ordering things that I might not have been ordering earlier in my life. And I have this adorable mug I found on an Instagram ad that it looks just like me and Luna, my dog, has the names. And on the other side, it says, I just want to sip coffee and pet my dog. (laughs) Yeah. And y'all, it's a really cute mug because it's like a drawing of the back of Shelby's head and Luna looking at mountains. So it's like them in a nutshell. (laughs) (laughs) It's so perfect. I was also saying I received all these gorgeous like pleasure products from a friend of mine who owns the um, owns Yoni Crystals. I think that's the name of her company. And she sent me this beautiful, like a whole box of beautiful things to just love myself up. And I'm sorry, Chelsea, but it's still sitting on my counter (laughs) because I really it was just like so excited about this mug. (laughs) So that's how life goes at this age. (laughs) (laughs) Priorities. So good. Yep. Anyways, I was so excited to reach out to Julia and see if she would join me on the Relationship as Medicine podcast because she is an incredible human doing incredible work in the world that really gets the impact of healthy, trauma-informed, therapeutic relationships in so many ways. And I feel like ours certainly is one, I hope, in both directions. (laughs) um, Yeah, we've known each other in a lot of different ways and containers, and I'm excited to have you here in this one. Julia is an artist and empowerment coach, helping people embrace their creativity and the full range of expression. And she lives in California. And uh, it's, I mean, what I said about what she does doesn't even cover it because every time I am seeing her social media or talking to her about what she's up to, there's so many facets to what she's doing and it all feels creative and artistic and empowering and it it's often aimed at you know so many different people in the population too so helping so many different kinds of people and I was laughing before we hopped on because I was like let's talk about all the things we love about each other (laughs) that people wouldn't know and one thing that I love that Uh, I think a lot of people don't necessarily know about you is about your blues dancing history. (laughs) And I mean, all of the dance, you love dancing. And I'm a blues dancer too. And there's so many intersections in our lives that we meet. But I just love picturing you out there on the dance floor with your huge smile and just grooving. And I want people to know about that. So that's Julia. Julia, how do you want to talk about yourself? You're welcome to welcome yourself in as well. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That was such a surprise. And I love that you reflected that because, oh my gosh, fellow blues dancer. Okay. 
I just have a lot of happy dance memory moments flooding into my brain right now. And, and I know that we've chatted how, yeah, one day in the future when we can all be reunited some more, that it'd be great to be on the dance floor and like bluesing and, and even doing blues in a trauma informed way and like consent and all of that stuff could be really fun. So that's a oh, side note. Yeah. <laughs> if you have never danced in Portland, it's an amazing community that they are just like all activists around consent too. So just so you know, that is where the partner dance is at. Oh, oh my God. I love it. Um, cool. So I think that was a good intro that you gave for me. Um, let's see. What else can I say? Um, yeah, I do a lot of things around creative expression. Um, I've spent a lot of time doing many things. Um, a lot of last year I was teaching on a dating app, helping people move into greater authenticity and connection with each other. Um, I'm currently uh, offering a lot of um, commissioned soul essence portraits for people where I create these paintings that help people connect to their confidence, to truly seeing themselves, um, to connecting to the magic within. Um, and then I also, in terms of my personal activism, you know, outside of just creative expression and helping people awaken that, um, I did co-found a program for Asian Americans um, that blends social justice history and um, somatic healing and emotional processing um, with communal spaces to help people move forward and take action. So I definitely get my hands into a lot of pies. Um, but I feel like you were late because I feel like whenever we talk, you'll be like, oh, yeah. And so I'm also writing this book. And then there's this other course that I'm doing. And I think I want to soft launch this thing. All the while, I've been hiking in the mountains with Luna um, and, you know, also blues dancing. So I feel like you get that. Um, and I think that's just wonderful to to be multifaceted and to be able to explore all the different parts of our personality and expression. Absolutely. Yes, totally. I think you get that too, to the fullest extent. And I, you know, I think we're also from the same town originally. I always forget that, but oh. we're both from Scottsdale, Arizona, right? Well I, well, I grew up in like East Valley, Phoenix. So we're basically the greater oh. Phoenix area. <laughs> okay. but yeah, oh, we're yeah. Arizonans, right. which is wild. <laughs> I remember, yeah, you mentioned that too. And I'm always like, oh, you get cacti and desert oh, yeah. vibes and the like desert aesthetic it's cool <laughs> totally I don't share with people much about being from Arizona and having gone to college there but when I meet others who are from there there is just this kindredness of oh yeah there's something that we get yeah yeah and you know you mentioned your soul essence portrait sessions that you do with people and I have to say, and I haven't even told you this, you saw the response, but you did, I I don't know if it was a soul essence painting or it was just for you uh, when you were on your trip to Hawaii. And it was sitting, it was just sitting behind you, I think, when you uh, and I were on a call together. And I looked at it and I was just welling up with tears. And um, I like I couldn't actually keep myself from crying for a while. There was this incredible impact it had on me. It just felt like this phoenix rising. Like that was my experience of it. And I felt recognized by it when I was looking at it. And I have probably thought about that painting every day since I saw it. It's something that I, like reminds me of like the importance of the creativity that lives in me and the fire that lives in me. And like, something about like my ancient past, past and path. And um, like, I just wanted you to know that the work that you do, even when you don't know, has just an incredibly significant impact in just a passing moment. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I mean, even I don't, people, the listeners can't um, see this but like I'm looking at your face Shelby and I actually like see you tearing up and like I feel like my heart is like really opening up in response and um yeah I mean I actually want to take a moment because I feel kind of emotional actually I'm getting more emotional as I speak about this <laughs> <laughs> um but I actually think this is like a really um beautiful segue into some of what we wanted to talk about because you sharing with me the way in which that art impacted you, like really 
it touches oh man I'm gonna start crying <laughs> we did not plan I can't this stop crying. no it's okay um <laughs> it touches the part in me that you know like always created as a kid and it was something so natural and um often for the people I loved I would I would make things for them um and like paint and draw and like write stories and some of my really dear friends from like I have a, a this group of um girlfriends who I know I've known since like elementary school through high school um and we like keep in touch but I remember there was a period of time where every Christmas I would make them a present so I like learned a lot of different craft skills like one year I like taught myself how to crochet I mean they're kind of wonky scarves I don't know if they've actually kept those like another year I made like um these uh what do you call them um for coffee mugs um you put coffee mugs on top of them coasters coasters so I taught myself (laughs) how to make mosaics and made them these coasters onto my painted um ornaments for them and so it was just this thing like I would do for them until college and I got way too busy but it's like yeah it's just such a gesture of like love and care for people and I've definitely struggled a lot with you know messages around art not being practical or it's not a viable career or you should just do this on the side as a hobby um or they're just pretty things to look at and so when you were like sharing that impact of something that you know I did for myself like on a mountain in Maui you know for for my spirit um like that feels so meaningful like it feels like you know when we're talking about healing from trauma and sometimes the long path it takes over time. Like sometimes it's like these little micro moments like that tended to that wound for me, you know? So I just want you to know that. And it just like, we're talking about healing and relationship. And so those moments of someone seeing a part of your essence or your gifts or your beauty and like acknowledging like that, it it's like a heart hug. Um, so Aww. yeah, so that's, <laughs> that's what's coming up in this moment from, from your reflection. Mm heart hug. I love that. I wish I could give you a real hug. (laughs) And yeah, I mean, I'm so glad you mentioned trauma healing because we're, we are here. I I love that. You're just like, yep, here's the theme today because Shelby's over there crying. So I'm going (laughs) to take charge. (laughs) We are, we want to explore creativity in many of its forms that, we have in our own lives and its impacts on the healing of trauma. And somehow we're going to figure out how to relationship or weave that into how relationship is medicine. But, you know, you named it like right here, this relationship here is that for us. And so we get to explain or talk about how art and creativity shows up in our life within our relationship as well. So I'm really excited to explore that and would just love to jump in with, um, I don't know, we were exploring uh, all the questions people have about art therapy yesterday on a call we were having. And I was just right away thinking, like, how would someone who's not interested in art or creativity be interested in this conversation? What would you say to them about how it could apply to trauma healing or their life or their profession? Yeah. And I mean, I also would like to hear your thoughts on this because I know you definitely have 50 cents. <laughs> I was trying to say more <laughs> than two cents. That was not a funny joke. But um, anyways, um, so I mean, I think, you know, I hear from a lot of people, there's this weird thing that happens when I think sometimes as kids, we're predisposed to certain gifts that come a little more naturally to us. Right. Some people are very gifted at sports and athleticism. Some people have great voices. Some people are tech whizzes. Right. There's definitely things that as children um, we get drawn to that I think are sort of natural abilities. Um, However, when it comes to creativity and artistry, I think that's an inherent part of every human. I think that's just a natural part of who we are. And yet a lot of the messaging that we get early on as kids is that, you know, artists or musicians or writers or creative people can only look a certain way. And so I remember there's someone, I wish I could quote who said this, but they they were talking to 
like elementary school children and it was, you know, six or seven year olds and they asked the classroom, who in here thinks you're an artist? And they all raised their hand and they're like, me, right? They are not inhibited. They're like, I'm an artist. That's me. And then the same person went into a classroom of six, seventh graders or whatever it was. So a few years down the line and asked the same question and one child raised their hand. And everyone else kind of looked uncomfortable, you know, and it, it's that story when I read it, it hit because I think that happens to so many of us. We have these inherent abilities or even if we're not particularly good, quote unquote, you know, kids just do things. And then at some point in time, we're told you have to be a certain level or this or that. And there's all these messages that mess with people. And so then you get adults that when I'm like, I'm an artist, they're like, yeah, you're the artist. Like, you're the blank. Like, I could never do that. Um, and I feel like one of my personal missions is literally to shake people and be like, no, <laughs> you're creative. <laughs> you're an artist. Because <laughs> um, I, I, I really see it like in everything that we do, right? The fact that we're talking over Zoom, the fact that we're using technology, the fact that we have a roof over our heads, um, the infrastructure of the city, these all stem from creative acts, right? And then, of course, there's the natural world and nature, which is like the ultimate, you know, creator. Um, and so in that respect, I feel like so many people have this wounding around their creativity. And once they shut down that part, you know, one has to ask, like, what else do you shut down? It's like, oh, this is off limits to me. That is also off limits to me. If I'm not immediately good at this, then I shouldn't do it. And I think that can be so, so painful for people. Um, and the final thing I'll say, because I'd like to hear your thoughts, because I think I'm kind of spiraling around, is that um, a really beautiful thing that happened in my life was for, um, for maybe about three years, I had this big, like, kind of cathartic um, aha moment. There was a period of time I was studying intensively to be a coach, maybe like six years ago. Um, and I thought I was going to be a full-time coach, but I had this realization that I abandoned my inner artist and that I wasn't meant to start coaching immediately. And so, and yeah, I was like bawling and like, it was very intense, um, but powerful. Um, and in that process, I committed to searching for an art teacher so I could finally realize the like artistic training that I never fully allowed myself to receive. Like I've always created in my whole life, but I didn't go to art school. Um, I didn't really take art classes in college because I told myself I shouldn't. Only my senior year, the last semester, I took a mural class and I loved it, right? And then only mm. in high school, my senior year of high school, I was like, I can do an art class. Like it was all of this weird stuff. So um, I ended up studying with this really incredible human who's now passed away called Mark Westermo. And he was a big illustrator in Hollywood um, and just his beautiful figure drawing. And he is an incredibly influential person in my life. And I'm very grateful for like what he taught me on so many levels. And one of the beautiful things was that in his classes, like this is a brilliant person who's done poster design for like Arnold Schwarzenegger films and stuff, like really big things. And we had classes of just a very big range. Some people total beginners, some people professionals at like Disney. Um, and he treated everyone the same. Like he did not tell people like you're better or, or do kind of mean critiques, which I think happens a lot in art school. He was always very uplifting. And even when people were beginners, it was so refreshing um, and that because of his illustrator lens, I think he didn't fully believe in that like myth that being artistic is this kind of like, you're blessed with artisticness and the rest of us are just plebeians who have no skills. He, he like would look people in the eye and be like, you can learn this. Like this is a skill set that you can learn. And over time, you know, I would do a lot of figure drawing. You can understand the proportions of the face and there's kind of a, a technique to it. And you can study and you can become better and grow at this skill. Um, 
you know, and so he didn't dismiss people immediately if, you know, they came in with stick figures. It was like, okay, great. This is the starting point. And if you want to move in a certain direction, here is the way to move forward. Um, And for me, that was, it was so refreshing to see that because anything can be a learned skill. It's more so a matter of like, do we allow ourselves to to be a beginner or a novice or to just embrace that maybe we are the stick figure person, right? Or whatever. And that's avant-garde and good for you. Um, so I just think that's something that has always really stuck with me that, yeah, people have a lot of stories and pain points around it. But I think they need people like my teacher, Mark, who in relationship were able to look people in the eye and be encouraging and say, keep going, here's some feedback and let me support you. And over time, people became artists. You can become an artist. So that's, those are my thoughts. (laughs) Yes, they're so good. I was just nodding my head, nodding my head. You're so spot on. I feel really inspired. I feel so happy to know that you found him and that he taught in such a supportive way and that you've kind of continued on. I'm still sitting with the story of the kids raising their hands and I'm just feeling the grief of that and uh, feeling angry about it uh, because I, when I think about healing and trauma, I think about broken connections and the parts of us that we split off from over the years uh, when we're in survival mode or when we get scared or when we don't feel like we are loved or we are going to belong. And I think that happens a lot with creativity is somehow we cut ourselves off from these really innate parts of us. (laughs) Uh, So when I think about healing I, I see a lot of people reaccessing their creativity <laughs> and it's almost like it just comes naturally. It's not something they even have to strive for as the trauma integrates. It's like, oh, there's this new energy here. This new, there's new availability here for this connection that's ancient within ourselves. That is creativity. It's part of who we all are. And um, so it just makes so much sense that so many of us get cut off from it for whatever reason, whether it's a teacher shaming us for not doing it the way they thought was good enough or friends making jokes or, um, you know, not having the time or space because we had to work or whatever reason it was. It was probably a really good reason. But being able to reconnect with that energy, for me, is an indicator of coming back into wholeness, which is trauma healing. And as you were talking, I was I was like, Julia should just be coaching me on this whole podcast because I don't feel like I have 50 cents here. I walk by my keyboard and my guitar every single day and I feel this like pain in my entire body that I don't pick it up and I don't often. And it's been years that I haven't had a regular relationship to that avenue for my creativity. And um, that's what I really wanted to do when I was younger. I wanted to be a famous singer-songwriter, you know? And some people even know me in this town and will stop me and say, hey, are you still writing your songs, you know, and playing out? And I'll be like, what? You know, it's almost like that part of me is forgotten. And I just, I think... Yeah, when we go through trauma in various ways, it's like it kind of gets um, pushed to the side and it makes me really sad. And so there's something about working with someone like you (laughs) that is really feels fundamentally important to reclaiming that wholeness. It's like, yeah, there is that peace for me. It's like every time I walk by, I feel this grief and this guilt that there's this part of me that's just dying to be able to, um, but I don't. And and I imagine it's like that for a lot of people, whether the craft is uh, painting or drawing or uh, knitting or <laughs> music or dancing, that uh, when we're not doing it and it feels like it's a part of the essence of who we are, there is something or things we can do to come back into that relationship, back into that experience of wholeness with ourselves. And I'd love to hear if that feel, if that resonates with you and 
how you might support that. Oh, first, I yeah, I just want to take a moment and kind of pause, just like really, really feeling your share there. Um, I know you've shared with me, you know, wanting to take that up and sort of struggling with that, but I didn't know, yeah, the extent of the pain that comes into mm. your body and that grief and um, even that conflict of being known in your hometown, no, this, this town, like as the musician and then not feeling fully able to embrace that part. Like I can just feel the heaviness in my chest and my throat. Um, and, you know, a remembrance in my body, like that feeling still lives in me as well. Um, mm -hmm. Perhaps it's not quite as strong in this moment because um, I've sort of ripped off the lid in some respects. And I, I feel that. Um, yeah. Actually, I just want to pause for a moment, just kind of acknowledging where we're at. Like, what, do you need anything in this moment? Because I just want to send some, like, <laughs> some care. Because this is really real. Listeners, this is real live. Like, we're just being real yeah. here. So, um, yeah, anything you need right now? It's so real. And I love that you're doing to me what I do to others. <laughs> and I can feel the impact of slowing down. And it's making more tears, which I'm okay with. And I feel the grief of all of the reasons why that happens. It's that music for me is connected to the person who I thought was the love of my life. So mm -hmm. whenever he goes, it goes, you know, and it's connected to perfectionism. It's like if I can't get the music out in the way I feel, then it's like this struggle and it's challenging and it's just so it's there's this like relationship with it that is so hard and so I don't need anything around it other than just naming it here you know it's because I know that this is real for others you know and I I have to believe that I am not the only one right yeah oh yeah thank you thank you for just being really real um and i've actually i kind of feel like this is an invitation for folks who are listening to even pause and take a moment and just reflect on yeah how has what we've been sharing impacted you so far and what's coming up in your body like is there grief around some part of your expression it could be artistic it could be something else right where are the parts of you that aren't fully able to express um, and yeah, we can act, let's do this real time, right? It's because we're talking about tools to help people. Um, so if we can invite listeners to take a moment, notice where is that place of sorrow, grief, or even a place of numbness where you're not even willing to go and just allow your breath to slow down and you don't have to go all the way. You can just touch it. You can also <laughs> fast forward this recording, right? If you don't want to do it. But just see what it's like to breathe into that spot and notice where in your body is that ache perhaps hanging out. And in this moment, we don't need to change it. We don't need to move through the grief or the sadness, the anger, whatever emotions are coming up. All we need to do is just breathe together. And what's it like to just breathe into that space Maybe some care, maybe the awareness that even Shelby and I are listening and we get it too and we're just sending some care toward you and you're sending some care toward the other people listening to this recording. And let's just all send a little care to those tender parts of ourselves that want to express so much and maybe haven't had the opportunity. And if folks listening will just spend a few more moments, because I know you might want to get back to the podcasting part of this, but if it feels good, you can place a hand on your heart or a part of your body that needs some care, or give yourself a little hug, get cozy, or sit in some stillness, whatever feels good, and just take a moment to just send yourself some appreciation for even just feeling or being present to whatever came up for you. Mm, yeah. Let's go back to the podcast. And as we were kind of in that slow moment together, I was like, this is the podcast. <laughs> you know, this is 
what we're teaching and what we, how we work with our people and ourselves. It's about the attunement that you just modeled and the connection that we share, the safety we have in our relationship already that we've built to be able to just go, hey, <laughs> let's slow down. There is something here. And I don't know if, if we didn't have the relationship we already had built um, that I would have slowed down or that I would be feeling the feelings I was feeling so fully. And so I just want to really appreciate you for practicing what you preach and, and doing that here in real time in our connection because I'm getting to feel the impacts, which are huge. As we slowed down, I felt like there's like a holding of my grief and my heart. It felt tender, but also just like spacious enough to just be seen and heard, which is not something that I tend to. And I've been telling myself for years, which I think a lot of people tell themselves, I'm just going to get my business off the ground and then I'll pick the music up. I'm just going to find that relationship and then I'll pick the music back up. And my creating my programs is my creativity, yet I still walk by my keyboard and my guitar and have that feeling. So something is still not fully integrated. And so having you just just take the initiative to go, hey, I see you, <laughs> let's stop, is brilliant and so meaningful. And I just wanted to hear from you more about how relationship is part of this healing um, in, in your own life and in how you work with people. Hmm. I think the the first thing that's coming up for me is that, right, like even as you're reflecting that, like I could still feel a lot in my body, right? I just still, I feel parts of myself being activated of just like, oh, feeling, feeling that. And, you know, I think this is just a reminder to folks that healing, especially when your creativity, like it happens in both directions. And something that I realized um, or put into words recently is that I've been working on these these paintings for people um, that are sort of very intimate in the in the sense that you know I I look at people and see so much beauty and magnificence and potential, um, and so many of us don't see that in ourselves, right? It feels like we've kind of been beaten down, um, and you know, I created this drawing for someone recently and she wrote a post sharing about the impact of what it was like to receive that drawing and to actually have this tangible object object that showed her how powerful she was, right? And and how, how strong um, and confident, something that she didn't view herself as. And I was surprised in reading her response that she didn't see herself like that. Um, you know, and she shared some other things and I was able to take that. So there was a gift that she received in receiving the art. And then there was a gift I received and that it really tended to that part of me that learned early on that art was not as valuable as other gifts. Even as I say that, there's like pain um, that's still there. Um, so for someone to like receive that and see that, like both of us, had an experience. Um, and I think, you know, in the traditional, in the traditional, you know, therapy or self-help model or healing model, it there's often this idea that things are like a one-way street, like you have the space holder and then the people being held who receive, you know, um, support to move through things. Um, but like both sides are being impacted. Um, so I feel like that's just sort of what's alive for me. And 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 that kind of requires like a willingness for, like you shared, I think there is sort of a baseline of trust that happens um, or that is important to have in place because like you shared, like if I were talking to someone else about this, is I might not have invited them to slow down, right? Because the objective, quote unquote, of the podcast is to like say a bunch of things and do it in a certain amount of time, right? And but when you're like in actual relationship with someone, the 
yeah, the healing of the dynamic can actually happen both ways because you're you're attuning to each other and reflecting. And um, I've really found that, you know, in either like a dyad, right? So in this case, so two people or in like group dynamics, when there's a space where people can build a baseline of trust and then be witnessed in what is real for them in the moment, so much opens up. So I'll give one example and then I'll bounce it back to you. It's like um, last year, um, I led this intuitive painting workshop um, around self-love and people of any artistic level were invited, right? And um, were invited to put things on a canvas that represented love to them or whatever, symbolized I did this whole process. And it was just really beautiful at the end when people were presenting their pieces of art. Um, and because, you know, the explicit um, dynamics of the container were that we're celebrating everything that is created, right? We're not in some like art critique school. Like this is a space where you can be real and raw and vulnerable and your creativity matters. And it was so amazing to just see how one person would share their painting, right? And we would celebrate it and another person would share theirs. And then as they were sharing, because one person opened up, another person would open up and, you know, and there's this ripple effect that happens. Um, and there's so many messages I received from people in the weeks after of, you know, little things that opened up in their life. Like they got their own little sketchbook, you know, and were doing doodles in their spare time. You know, they weren't necessarily doing full on canvases, but it was a small step. You know, someone else applied it in a different way. And so I just, um, I see such beauty in the sort of interrelationship of creativity. And so a lot of the pain that has happened around people's creative expression is because of other people. <laughs> like that's the reason we have thoughts about our creativity is because other people have said things. And because of that, our healing lies in relationship with other people. And what does it mean to share this innate, raw, vulnerable part of ourselves? And then for others to be like, yes, wow, thank you for sharing that with me. Mm. I just like saw the image of the mic drop situation. <laughs> so profound and important to name that. And I'm so glad that you did because we get so many messages so often of like, you know, who cares what you've heard? You just have to validate yourself. And it's like, well, you know, a lot of this pain has been caused in relationship and it can heal in relationship. And it's so beautiful to hear about how you hold your containers and the people in them and that there's boundaries here around how we relate to each other and for a really good reason. And it's just uh, so beautiful to see that healing can happen in this way. And as you, I was watching you when you were describing the painting of your client, uh, you looked like you were in, you know, physical pain, feeling the pain of it. And it reminded me of, um, I used to do something called authentic movement, which I, I find to be a creative practice that also, and it's a somatic practice as well. Uh, but it was something that we were in it together. So what it looks like is you set a timer and somebody has um, the whole floor to move, to just move however their body feels called to move, to sound, to speak. Um, and it's kind of whatever arises from the present moment. <clears throat> Maybe there's a strong emotion or something happening in someone's life. They're not performing. They're simply moving and listening to what wants to happen next. And then the witness is simply just observing this movement, that movement, this movement. But the, the end of the process is the mover comes back and sits with the, uh, the witness and the witness Witness responds by saying, I see you making this movement and I notice these feelings inside of me. I see this. It's not an interpretation of what they're doing. Like, that's good. That's bad. That meant this. That meant that. It's this way of connecting that brings everyone into the present moment, into the state of feeling together what's here. And you so beautifully describe that in being with people's creative process that such a big piece of the healing is having the capacity to slow down enough to feel together 
everything that's here and welcome it and celebrate it. And to me, that is trauma healing when we have the capacity to be able to do that. Mm. Oh, I love that movement modality you just shared. That sounds extraordinary um, and freeing. And what really struck me when you shared that um, is, yeah, you because you mentioned just like witnessing. And I think that perhaps because, um, you know, we're, we're talking about just relationship and healing and relationship and, and um, healing trauma and so much of our world and structures and um, industries, right? There's criteria and levels and echelons and um, standards and all of this stuff. So it's very much, yeah, there's like a structure of whatever excellence is and excellence is often defined by whoever's in charge, right? So there's a lot of arbitrary things that define that. Um, same thing goes for art and creativity. Um, and what your example highlighted to me is that instead of trying to always like make meaning or um, creating value of something like this is better or worse or this is good or bad, the power of a space that's just like, this is what you expressed and I see you like full permission, right? And that even if you're talking about therapeutic spaces in general, right, the power of coaching or therapy or counseling is, you know, someone gets to show up and be a mess. Like they don't have to be professional. Like they can tap into the full range of their emotions or expand into that and be messy. And in the messiness, then they can show up in other parts of their life. And so, you know, what I really think is sort of missing and how a lot of people um, relate to creativity is that there's not really beautiful spaces for shared messiness, for shared witnessing, for, you know, like you just shared, someone gets to just make a bunch of dance moves and all you have to do is be like, I see you. You're a human who did some things that were creative. Wow. And that I think is, if we had more spaces like that, um, people had space to play, right? So I'm thinking of you and like in your guitar, um, you know, and like if there are communal spaces where you could just show up and like there's a communal agreement it's like it's messy music time, right? And you just get to witness each other. And that's so vulnerable and could be so hard. And maybe it would take a while to work up to that. But like I can just imagine what might open up for you in that space of like, no, you can do it, Shelby. Like play me a song. Oh my gosh, that was fantastic. <laughs> like do it again, right? And, you know, and a lot of times with clients with like art and stuff, I'm like, yeah, like make your your homework is to make an ugly painting. Like make it as ugly and as bad as possible, right? Because we have these weird labels, but when people have that permission, it opens something up, right? It, it takes off that lid. It, 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 it almost, it like validates an innate part of ourselves that it's like, yeah, you can be messy and that's cool. Like it doesn't have to be productive or a standard or whatever. Like it just gets to be. Um, and I think that is definitely worth celebrating and is, is very healing for people. Mm, wow. Just, it doesn't have to be perfect. Isn't that, it just like in itself revolutionary, <laughs> so, especially for so many of us who do the work, the kinds of work that we do, it's going against a lot that, that took us to get where we are. It's like, okay, now we need to create some new patterns. And yeah, it's just so beautiful. I love, I feel like we could keep talking forever. And there are a couple th more things I want to ask you. I am just, I'm like so caught off guard. I'm still feeling so emotional. All of these um, memories are coming up and I'm so grateful to you for that, for holding this space because um I, God, I'm like, wow, I went to college for art. Like, who, when was that? That was 20 years ago. I was a professional photographer. I went to London, to art school in London, you know. I didn't know any I, of this. <laughs> I used to play in a band, like a bluegrass band with a bunch of like 70-year-olds in Montana for a minute. <laughs> all sorts of just, I'm getting flooded with all of these memories of, creativity you know I play like seven instruments and 
Wow. <laughs> wow this y'all is like the Shelby Reveals All podcast because I didn't know about <laughs> the Seven Instruments or the Bluegrass Band or the Photography Art School and London. Keep going because now you're going to be accountable to me knowing that you have all these beautiful dimensions of expression. And I'll be like, oh, how's your photography? How is, <laughs> how is your exploration of one of your seven instruments? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like I feel awake after talking to you to something that I didn't put as much importance on mm. until I was like, wow, I've really been receiving that society message of that's just what you do when you're a kid. You're like are in the choir and do music classes. And that's when you do in your 20s, you sit around playing bluegrass on the back porch. And I'm like, wait, I'm such a rebel. How did I get caught up in that crap? I totally <laughs> got caught up in that crap. Mm. And so I feel awake to like some accountability here uh, in a very loving way for myself because there's so much grief there. And I'm just so grateful for this conversation. And I'm really hoping a lot of people, and I know a lot of people will resonate with this and hopefully call you <laughs> because we all need you. This is so, so important to feeling whole. And I really appreciate the amount of love and compassion you bring to it. So thank you. Oh, oh, <laughs> I want to reflect like um, hearing that I feel like I went on this journey where in the initial share, you're talking about, you know, the flood of, of memories coming back and like these snippets and, you know, you're leaning back and a lot of emotion. And then when you're like, but yeah, I bought into that story and I'm, you know, why can't I, you know, not be a 20 year old and do like I could your body like leaned in and, you know, you're like, I feel awake. And I think that's what it is. It's like our creativity and our relationship to that. It's our connection to our aliveness, right? This is the joy of being human and at a time where there's literally so much crisis in the world, right? And, you know, very good reasons to feel fairly shut down and upset and scared and all of these things. At the same time, how can we nourish this part that just give us gives us this gift of like, I saw you and you were like a light beam, right? You're just like, <laughs> this is me. And I see that with people when they finally sort of allow that for themselves it's just one of the most beautiful things. And like, just imagine if more of us were really embracing these outlets and like celebrating each other, we'd just be like, hey, 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 how's that thing going? How's that going? Like, it just, it feels so good. Um, and, you know, the one thing you mentioned, like, I think you went to the word accountability. And I think there's something beautiful in that word when it's not used in sort of like a toxic way. But it's like, when you said that, like, I now know this about you. <laughs> I know these things, <laughs> right? And, and so in terms of our creativity and like healing and relationship, what does it mean to know each other's sort of creative desires or those innate parts that want to express? And what does it mean to be a friend or a loved one or a caretaker, right? Or a therapist, professional, and to just gently be the cheerleader for that person? Because I know in my own life, which it, it's funny that like, you know, now I'm doing all these portrait commissions the next couple of months. Um, I remember the first person who was like, who knew I was very intuitive and was starting to combine that with art and was like, I want you to make a painting for me with a message for me. I don't know what it's going to be, but you need to give me a painting. And I remember balking <laughs> at this person. It was like, I'd been talking all this stuff about my like suppressed inner artist, but it literally wasn't until this person was like, no, I want you to make me something that I was called into accountability, but in a really beautiful way where it invited me to move past those fears to, to create, you know? And over time, the same person who I, I love dearly has commissioned me like four times. And literally this last year was like chasing me and was like, I need another commission. Like, and I was running away because I do that with my artist self. But it was like how beautiful that this person was like, no, like your gift is so needed. Like, please, please share it. Please share it. Like I'm ready for it. And so, um, and I was being all coy and like cat and mouse, right? But right, that's the beauty <laughs> of like this accountability when people see that and they can lovingly be like, no, I see you keep going. Like, I would love to see more of that. I think that's the other part of the healing part of relationship because we get to invite each other to rise and move past some of 
these really real fear points um, because someone else is like, no, like do it. I've, I'm ready to see it. And, and that feels exciting. It's also terrifying, but it's also what helps us, you know, move out of our shelves. It's like, no, someone wants me to do this. So um, for those listening, like, you know, who are your friends that are a little closet creative, right? How can you just be like, how can I just celebrate you or hold space for you to do that song or whatever? And I love you doing that thing. I don't know, like, how can you, how can we invite each other up into more expression? Because um, I think that will, yeah, I think that will create a lot more joy for people. Absolutely. And I see you doing that in every interaction we have or in a group we're in. And when you named light beam, like you're like, I just turned, you just turned into a light beam. I'm so grateful for the people who did that for you. And then you do that for me and for so many others, you know, because when I think about you, I think about a light beam, you know, and you really do embody being lit up by playfulness and creativity and curiosity. And so I'm just so grateful that you have done the work that you've done to be able to know like how important this is like I see it in your face you really feel that pain when somebody doesn't have access to this and I know that you've been there and that you've worked through it and I see you helping others through it every day and it's just it's really profound and so meaningful to me so thank you for doing that work It was so interesting. Again, as you were talking, you're you're like, you have this transmission. I was like, wait a second. I went to college as a photography major and a writing major. Like, I'm like, I forgot about that too. (laughs) And what came along with those memories were sitting in critique circles. Mm. And I quit uh, writing because I remember they were like, this is housewife fiction. You don't need to go to college for that. And my favorite authors write what they might have called a housewife fiction, like Barbie King Solver, you know, <laughs> and that's what I wanted to do. And that's, and I'm like, those fuckers <laughs> like, I feel really <laughs> mad at their pretentiousness. You know? <laughs> and I'm going to use that juice to go do something with it creatively. Now. Oh yeah. So thank you. <laughs> a little, a little righteous rage. All y'all listening, there's a little anger somewhere. Yeah. Good. Make an emotional painting with that energy. Like, let's let it out. I will. I will turn it in next week. And please send me the bill. (laughs) Send me. Shelby Homer gets to, like, compose an angry rager song. We're just like, you fuckers. (laughs) These types of literature. This is my jam. (laughs) Yes. Well, we're going to do a little pivot here because that's what we do in this podcast because it's, there's also a little shameless self-promotion that happens here. And if, if you have any words that you like to share about what it's been like to be in any of my containers um, and how it's impacted your healing, your growth, your work, um, I would love to hear that. And I imagine others would too. And I'm just going to practice listening. <laughs> oh, I love that. First, I love that you're, you're asking for this and and sharing about your work on this podcast in this way because yes here here to fully celebrate that um the first shout out plug is like y'all did you listen to that wizardry i did like 20 minutes ago with shelby where she's feeling the emotions and i reflected back to her yeah that's because shelby taught me that (laughs) i mean not to say i wasn't like an empathic person before but you know i these being able to sit with someone and feel with them and to not shy away or to want to give advice or to fix, especially as therapists or coaches, we often want to fix people, Um, but to really be with them and witness and connect to our bodies and even the discomfort that's happening in ourselves while someone is having an emotional or a charged experience, that is a skill set to develop. And I really feel like working with Shelby, I've done number of programs, a lot of different programs with Shelby, including her, um, yeah, yeah, creating safer spaces. Actually, I should just list all your courses. You all know Shelby's programs. Um, And I think that's really taught me how to hold space for people in my coaching containers, in my artistic containers, in my workshops, in my teachings, in a very different way. Um, And so I think 
that Shelby's work applies to people from so many walks of life because so many of us are um, working with teams, right? Managing projects, um, you know, or in health um, um, care professions and all of this, or even just friends or family. And so what does it mean to really be able to show up and be there for someone? I think Shelby provides really incredible tools around that. Um, and obviously, you've all heard our other podcasts, podcasts, trauma-informed, you know, creating safer spaces for healthcare. Like there's some really extraordinary work that Shelby is up to. And so I think that if you see a program that she is offering and it speaks to you, I highly recommend joining it because the way you interact with other humans will change, but the way you hold yourself will also change. And I think that is tremendously powerful. And in many ways, in a world that's becoming more polarized and unable to like deeply listen to each other. I think what Shelby is teaching and the ability to resource our own body and our nervous systems, like this is literally the doorway for people to have conversations so that we can actually build bridges moving forward. So um, these are all the reasons why and many more you should join Shelby's programs. (laughs) It's such a practice to let that in and and I love that I'm just nodding my head. I'm like, yep, yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> and it's really special to get to sit with you after having been through all these programs and even the coaching program we met in before. It's like we have a depth to our relationship because uh, we are both committed to embodied trauma-informed work. And the amount of depth that's possible here feels infinite because we are both doing that work. And because, and I'll say for myself, it feels like, because I feel safe to show up in relationship with people who are learning and growing and practicing it and walking in their life in that way, in the ways we both teach and coach and share. And so I just want to appreciate you and the connection that we share. Oh, Thank you. Can I add one more shout out to you, actually? <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Because I, I think I really want to emphasize to people that like the programs that you lead are and the way you do it in this embodied trauma-informed way, it's not just for practitioners or it, it doesn't need to only be applied in like practitioner settings, right? And so I have found that because of the the spaces I've been in with Shelby and the way you've modeled things and the way I've sort of interacted with other group participants and practiced, you know, these ways of being with each other, like weekly, it has meant that, you know, in even the past, I would say six months, I have had some um, events happen in my life that were intense. I've had some conflicts with people, like there's nothing bad about it, but I've had some conflicts with people where in order to move through it, I was literally using the techniques that Shelby has taught to be able to regulate my own nervous system and navigate a conversation with someone else during high intensity disagreement and actually move through that conversation where instead of being like, I'm going to personally, where my past habit was to shut down and just be like, fine, (laughs) they can't be kind to me or whatever, like I'm going to peace out. Like I had the capacity to hold that intensity of that experience in my body and stay in the conversation without abandoning it and like move through the hard stuff. And then on the other side, there was a lot more awareness, a lot more kindness, like a lot more, um, yeah, just openness to to resolving that. And this has happened right in um, some professional dynamics I've had to be in. This happened in my own romantic relationship and really being able to have certain conversations with my partner where I'm communicating exactly what's happening in my body and making space for what's happening in his body. Um, So I really think that for those listening, these skill sets, it's not an isolated thing. It literally, um, it goes out into all aspects of your life because it's just a way of being. Um, And so that's, that's my second plug. Like this is this is practical for all dimensions um, of your life. Hmm, I love it. Oh, thank you. It's just like what you were saying and how you were talking about art and your work. Hearing people tell you why what you're doing is worth celebrating, it helps you keep going. It helps you go, okay, I can keep doing this. I'm on the right track. This is meaningful in some way. Okay. And so many of us work in isolated settings, you know, one-on-one. And so we need our colleagues and our peers 
and be like, yes, keep doing that. This is why. This is what's helpful. And I really appreciate you taking the time. It just helps me continue to get the work out there in the world. So I'd love to hear how people can connect with you and find you. Julia is a guest teacher in the Creating Safer Space program, which um, we do a live round of every a, a couple of times every year. And then she has tons of her own offerings. So how can people connect with you and what will they find? <laughs> They'll find rainbows and sunshine. Um, uh, people can find me on Instagram. So julia.joyfulwild. I share a lot of what I'm up to on there, real time. Um, you can also find out about my work on my website, www.juliaberryman.com. And what I offer really depends on the season. So sometimes I'm really intensively doing coaching um, and taking people on creative awakening journeys one-on-one. -on -one. Um, sometimes like in this moment, I'm doing a lot of commission paintings, intuitive paintings, soul transmission portraits. And at other times I'm teaching a lot of workshops and, and programming. So I think my Instagram is probably the most up-to-date place to, to stay tuned for that. Um, but for folks listening, reach out. I love hearing from you. Tell me your, your secret um, creative in the closet, you know, secrets, and I will hold them and then prod you to go express them. So you're welcome <laughs> to send me those. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I'm just picturing the kinds of emails you could receive with that kind of invitation. I know. I mean, within reason, y'all. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. Um, within reason, please. <laughs> All right. We have explored way beyond um, our time, which I'm so grateful for. Thank you for giving your time today. Thank you for doing the work you're doing and I look forward to more soon. Have a beautiful day. You too. Thanks so much for listening. Before you go, if you loved the conversation today, make sure you're subscribed and leave a five-star review so we can get the word out to anyone that this might be supportive or inspiring to. Also, if you're a facilitator, coach, healer, or therapist, Creating Safer Space is open for enrollment now. Go check it out at creatingsaferspace.com. If you're a medical provider or healthcare professional, check out creatingsaferhealthcare.com today. Bringing you accessible online trauma awareness and trauma-informed trainings brings me so much joy. Looking forward to connecting with you over there as you join me in this worldwide revolution supporting the folks who need it the most.